a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Weber State is going to honor Dick Mata. Can't really retire a coach's jersey. You can retire his sweater like the Utes did with Rick Majerus. You can hang a number up in the rafters like the Jazz did for Jerry Sloan and Dick Mata before he went off to win the NBA championship. Led Weber State to three conference titles. So Weber State going to... Step back into the time machine, honor their past, and honor Dick Mata. He joins us now. Coach, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're, we're doing well. We're doing well. I don't know if you uh, remember this. My guess is there's no chance you remember this. Because it would be one random interview with one TV guy. But 30 years ago in Sacramento, I interviewed you right before the trade deadline when I was working at KOVR, and you were coaching the Kings. And I asked a stupid question, something about, is anybody on the team untouchable? And you looked at me very dryly and said, I don't know, is Michael Jordan still in the league? Oh, snap! <laughs> so go easy on me today, Coach, if I mess something up, okay? Well, there was another one there, down there that uh, they asked us about the plane. You know, one of the owners, we bought the plane for the team and uh, I said yeah the plane was really important I, I think it, it helped us win that one game <laughs> <laughs> you look at all that you've accomplished as a coach at various levels including obviously in the NBA and at Weber State do you ever sit back and think about wow some kid uh, born in Midvale Utah and and coached in Idaho of all places would be where he ends up being at the end when he retires. I mean, it's just a phenomenal coaching career. Uh, well, no, you if you're projected like that, you'd think it was a fairy tale uh, yeah. deal. And and basically, uh, I I lived my miracle. It it was, and uh, I have. Uh, uh, basically coached at every level and the reason that I I did you know was uh, I got to coach uh, when I graduated from college we had uh, our orders to go to Korea and uh, was in see I'm a veteran of the Korean War you don't see, see too many of those anymore <laughs> and uh, uh, they put us on hold because they signed the parallel and so I didn't have a job and uh um, Monty Nyman had taken the job at, uh, at Grace, and he went on, was called on a mission, and they couldn't release him until they found a replacement. So he called me. Uh, the guy from the store walked up the, the fields uh, because we didn't have a phone, and when anyone from the <laughs> store came up to uh, talk to us, we knew someone had died. And he asked, <laughs> and he asked me if I uh, I wanted a job, and uh, uh 
gosh, that came out of that was like out of the blue. So I, I jumped in the car and went to Logan, and he picked me up, and we rode up to Grace, Idaho, and. Uh, that's that. Grace is such a small town that they didn't have a village idiot, and Mont was playing the part, and he wanted me to take his place. So uh, it was a seventh grade class all day long, and uh, coaching the junior high, and then being the assistant coach in, in the high school at football, basketball, and the head baseball coach at the high school. And uh, it was, and then that seventh grade class is, is still a memorable thing for me because we. Uh, those were the the root of the of the team that won the championship, and Phil Johnson was in that class. Mm-hmm. And uh, Phil uh, uh, played for me uh, when I came back out of the service. I got the head job, and uh, we had, uh, and I haven't been able to get rid of him since. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he followed me to Weber, uh, uh, and then uh, he followed me to. Chicago, and now now he's even he lives up at uh, Bear Lake uh, by us, and I can't get rid of him. <laughs> Dick Mata joining us. Weber State is going to honor the coach who led him to three conference titles, 65, 66, and 68. And you have that great run, but that gets you a job in the NBA. How do you make the jump from Weber State to the Chicago Bulls? Well, that was uh, uh, still a mystery, and uh, Probably one of the most stupid moves I ever made. Uh, you know, we had a we had a team coming back with Willie Sojourner, and uh, they could beat my varsity. In those days, the freshmen couldn't play varsity ball, and I left a great team. And uh, but I was curious. You know, I, uh, the fellow that owned the Chicago Bulls came out to watch Otto Moore. Uh, he was the, projected as the number one center in the league from uh, Panama, Texas, and uh, he watched us play, and we won by about 40 points. And after the game, he invited uh, Phil and uh, Don Spainhauer uh, to dinner. And uh, at the time, uh, we, were eat- we were eating, and I said to Phil, it's about time to do the bed check. And, you know, we'd got the new dormitories, and uh, so we did have a bed check, and he couldn't believe that we would bed check. And about uh, two weeks later, he called me and asked me if I'd like to be uh, coach of the Chicago Bulls. And I, I said, who is this? And uh, I thought it was some of the guys jerking me around. And uh, he said, no, it's Dick Klein, and I'm I'm the owner and general manager of the Chicago Bulls, and I'd like you to uh, come and uh, uh Look at it over. We'd like to offer. We'd like to offer you the coaching job, and I'd only. I had never seen an NBA game in person, so really the first NBA game I coached was uh, our the game that we that we played against the uh, New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Wow. I'd only been to New York once, uh, and we went a day early, uh, and uh, I walked around New. York. Uh, New York so much that the next morning the roof of my mouth was sunburned from just gawking. <laughs> and uh, uh, I tried to get into the gym through the press pass, and the guy wouldn't let me in. And he said, you have to have a ticket identification. Hell, the, the league didn't give any IDs in those days. And uh, I said, I- I'm the coach of Chicago Bulls. And he said, I'm the president of the United States. <laughs> And I couldn't get in. And then uh, a guy, Lenny Lewin, uh, one of the top 
sports uh, writers in New York had get, get, done an interview with him that afternoon. And he had to verify <laughs> that, that I got in the I got in the gym. So uh, uh, after this guy at the ticket, to, we got, we worked up a pretty good friendship because I, I always called him president, and he always called me little guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're coaching the Bulls for almost a decade, and obviously you're there, and Jerry Sloan is playing, and there are a lot of Jazz fans who remember seeing Jerry, you know, stock the sidelines and uh, coach the team to some pretty deep playoff runs. How much? Did you guys bond in Chicago? What was he? I mean, he mellowed as he got older, and he admitted it, and maybe he didn't even like it. How fiery was he when he was a player? And did you two ever go at it? Did he ever bark back at you? Uh, Jerry Sloan's a pussycat. <laughs> he, he was. Uh, when I we had the, uh, a tryout of all things, you know, an open tryout, and we had about seventy guys try out for the team just a walk on and uh the trainer from the year before uh when Jerry was playing uh he called Jer- Jerry because we were running him through all kinds of drills and I I had uh, had Phil in those days you know I didn't have an assistant coach uh n- now they have seven assistant <laughs> coaches and then two two coaches for the coach and uh we have uh and I was there alone, so I called Phil to come and help me, and we ran him through all kinds of drills, college drills and stuff. And uh, uh, Bob Beal, the trainer, called Jerry down in Evansville and said, you better get up here. And uh, so uh, one one evening when we were practicing, uh, I had never met Jerry. I didn't know what he looked like. I didn't know any NBA players. Uh, and uh, this kid walked in and uh, sat and the bleachers uh, close and two or three kids went up and asked him for autographs. So I figured that was him. <laughs> so I kept an eye on him during the practice. And uh, after he asked, he come down and said, uh, you know, gosh, uh, uh, can I, uh, would be okay coach if I come and work out with you. He came the next day and, uh, and he, he was the most amazing uh, fellow that I've, I've ever met. Yeah, for sure. How much he did didn't, he, he didn't have? Uh, you know, we used to play 80, uh, 80 games a year, and we'd would probably get into the playoffs and play ninety, and then you'd have ten exhibition games. And uh, over over the years, he probably played a thousand games for me, with me, Sweet. or for me. I I got to coach him, and uh, we had uh, probably a. Uh, as deep a bond, uh, I, I figure that Jerry was as, uh, as close a friend as people like Phil Johnson and, and other uh, other players that I've had, and uh, and I've had relationships with. Uh, you know, our high school team that won the state championship still has a. Uh, we still have a reunion every other year, and we hold it up at, at the lake. And uh, Jerry was one of those. I was privileged to be able to coach him and uh, I was really proud but he yeah he was fiery but he didn't fight you know he just he just got even uh, you know if someone scored on him he he uh, he took it personal <laughs> but not 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 in a mean way he he played like I said maybe a thousand games for me 
and there was only one game that he played that wasn't uh, uh, full throttle, and that's the that's the game that his uh, brother-in-law died, and he 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 had, was going to miss the game, and he hired a small plane to come up, and uh, he he wasn't on top of his game then. Uh, but I've had players like 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 that, you know, the one of the one of the neat players that uh, I'm going to meet when this weekend is uh, Dan Sparks and he he's he's every bit the the fiery and a successful coach that uh, and I'm, I'm really proud of him and uh, Nolan Archibald is going to be there uh, and that's a different story too but so I've had I've rubbed our, uh, elbows with so many great players and people and and I've always fig- figured it was a privilege to be able to coach them how much did your time at Weber State set the foundation of what you would become during your 30 years or so in the NBA? Well, it was a, a great experience because, see, I went there as a junior college. Uh, and uh, they had had a, a good uh, history of in the J.C. Uh, and uh, we, we, had, uh, we, we played uh, uh, two years as a junior college, and we won the, the league uh, – both both of those years and went to Hutchison and then we uh, we really got uh, into a kind of a bind because we didn't have an affiliation and we started the three year program so uh, I had really had trouble getting games and we uh, we played in the NAIA NAIA uh, for one year and at the end of that year. Uh, we really got fortunate uh, that that it did solve the the basic problem of, of, of Weaver State College when we were invited to join the Big Sky Conference. Idaho had just been uh, they had just dropped out of the uh, Pac-12. Gonzaga was independent, sixty miles away. Idaho, uh, I mean uh, uh, Montana, Montana State were uh, in the that old uh, conference uh, and then uh, Idaho Idaho State and Weber State were here there and they invited us and that was uh, that was the godsend of, of Weber State's uh, future because we had uh, we played two games three games a year with each person if you went up say to uh, Montana you played Montana on uh, Friday and Saturday, you'd have Sunday as a travel day and play Montana State on on Monday. The same with all of the others. You played three three games against everyone, and so we had an automatic eighteen game schedule. So I, I could we could get a home game or two, and and then we were fortunate enough to to win the Big Sky, uh, particularly that last year, and we went into the NCA uh, championship. And I think that was that was the uh, that was the thing that caught uh, uh, Dick Klein's eye uh, and offered me the Chicago job. And then Weber State went on and and had uh, you know and has really uh, a great basketball tradition. You know, you, you look at some of the the players that that played there. Uh, you know, you, you look at Lillard and some of these guys, and you just you just know it's rich in uh, basketball tradition. 
You were, uh, in some people's mind, credited with the uh, the line about the opera isn't over till the fat lady sings, and then there's subsequently stories other people used it, and and you heard it, but you certainly popularized it. And and reading up for this, I I read stuff, and I wonder if it's urban legend or if it's true. Uh, did your wife uh, criticize you for that? And and how did the musical community react in the long run? Well, this kid kept asking me, and I, I'd heard. Uh, before I'd heard it uh, that the rodeo ain't over till they ride the Broncos, uh, and then uh, the fat lady thing came, and uh, I, I picked it up someplace. I didn't initiate it. I I uh, I, did, I didn't ever claim that. I even when I said it, I said like the old guy from San Antonio said. And this kid kept asking me and asking. He had his camera in my face, and how does it how does it feel to you know, we just beaten Philadelphia with, you know, that great team that uh, with uh, Dr. J and uh, World Be Free and Doug Collins and all those guys. And uh, uh, I, he just kept, kept asking me, how's it feel to play? And I said, it isn't over yet. We still got to play. Uh, we still have to play Seattle. And uh, I said, it ain't over. It ain't over till the fat lady sings. And, and hell, Cam was right in my face and it got. I came home and I said, you know, you've said some really dumb things. <laughs> that's that's the most stupid. And they said, You're, every fat lady is going to be mad. And, <laughs> oh, hell, I got, uh, we got an offer with, uh, I think it was Beverly Sills uh, was the <laughs> yeah, opera star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wanted us, they were doing those commercials those days where they were, they, uh, Light Beer had just come out. And they had a. They wanted me to hold one end of the uh, trophy and her to hold the other end and say it's for the taste and you know how that yeah, thing yeah, went. Less filling, taste great, great less filling. Yeah, yeah. taste great. And uh, I, no, I'd, I wouldn't do. Uh, I wouldn't do uh, commercials that uh, you know. I wouldn't do the beer commercial. So we lost that. But they had a. The next day, the uh, artist, the the club had. The, done this thing of the fat lady standing on the stage in front of the thing and she had great big horns and this shield and had it all done and went they printed them t-shirts and we we sold that first week we sold 250 of them thousand and uh i was going to get a, a commission on that and they they gave me 38 dollars <laughs> nice <laughs> i signed it and uh uh, you know that, that was that was quite a bit of money in those days. You, you know, when I went to the NBA, my salary was twenty two thousand a year, and uh, I had I signed a two year contract. I was making eighteen thousand at Weber, and uh, my highest paid player. Uh, I don't think Jerry Sloan uh, was making over fifty, and uh, my, uh, Bob Boozer was making thirty five. And uh, we had, uh, you know, those those days people played for the creative outlet. They didn't have they didn't have trainers and things that that have their U-Haul backed up at the uh, at the back door of the uh, stadium the, the last game, and they'd head home. And I didn't have any contact with them in in the summer. They don't have nowadays. They have uh, their own uh, trainers. They have yeah. their own dietitians. They have their own managers. And you know, it's a it's a different it's a different lifestyle 
than when we came into the NBA because we were we were uh, <laughs> we were fighting just to get our our uh, name in the paper, our our team in the paper. Uh, I would have to call when we'd play on the road, like if we'd play in the Lakers. I'd call back to a reporter and and report the the score, uh, and we we took commercial uh, all, uh, all the way. And that's where we usually bonded with with waiting uh, airports and uh, uh, there wasn't any money around. We'd have to have two two players per room. Now they have their own suite, and it's a it's a different it's a different animal out there today. Yes, it is. But still, you can say 1978 as a coach of the Washington team, you won the NBA title. What was that like, along with coaching legends like Elvin Hayes and Wes Unseld? Well, uh, you know, we uh, when we won the championship, uh, they they had a we were on the road, and uh, they had this the presentation up in the uh, up in the stands, a little bit right off the floor, and the commissioner was there, and he was uh, going to hand me the the trophy, and I saw my son kept running up toward, and I said, wait a minute, I got I got a uh, uh, I don't want to take this until my son gets here. And uh, and then one of the reporters said, this has to be the greatest uh, game and, and, and thing in your career. And I said, well, not no. I, I won the state championship in Idaho. <laughs> still, no, that is still, I don't have to downgrade anything. I said, yeah, this is great. No, it's great winning the NBA. Who, who, who would ever thought that... Uh, a truck farmer from Union, Utah. You know, Union, a lot of people say I grew up in Midvale, but Midvale was big. We grew up in Union. And uh, uh, it was so so far away from Salt Lake that the sun came up between us and up in, us, up in Salt Lake. So uh, it was great. But I said, well, I, no, my, I, don't, I, I had just as much fun with my Idaho team. And uh, that that was the that is still like I said we still have a reunion every other year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids are eighty, I'm ninety, and uh, <laughs> we've lost four, but uh, uh, we we do the uh, the reunion and the, and the wives comes and, uh, and we're we're uh, and I still talk to those kids every day. Uh, I've talked to one of those kids on that high school team at least uh, once or twice a week. Wow! But the the players that that you mentioned, Elvin Hayes, the, the Big E, and uh, Wes Unseld, uh, I I've r- rubbed shoulders with uh, I've, I've shaken hands with four presidents, uh, and uh, not this one, but <laughs> <laughs> I've. Uh, <laughs> and I've met some people. I got invited to the opera, you know, the the grand with the, that thing they're operating over. I got invited to the grand uh, to the uh, uh, New York Opera House and to the, uh, uh, the Grand Old Opry in Nashville. Sweet. And uh, you can't you you, you can't uh, uh, ever. Like when you asked me that first question, I know I'm talking too much, but uh, <laughs> is it a fairy tale that I yeah. got to? I've, I've been every place in the world that I wanted to go. 
physically. Yeah. I've, uh, I've walked the 14 steps of Christ. I've walked the uh, Great Wall of China. I've, I've, uh, I've stood next to a rock on Easter Island. I've, I've done... Uh, I got to go back to my dad's birthplace in Silvana di Orba in Italy. Wow. I w- walked through his old house, uh, uh, t- took a crickety letter, a ladder up to the, the top floor because they lived in the they lived in above the barn because the animals kept them warm in the winter. They came out here uh, and got they had jobs at Kennecott Copper Mine, and uh, they paid their way over to Ellis Island. They uh, misspelled our name. I, I went through my whole life thinking my name was M-O-T-T-O uh, because all uh, we, they were too uh, frightened or bashful or backward to correct the, the spelling. And uh, another thing that uh, uh, they then they came to uh, Ogden and they picked him up from the rail station there uh, t- took them into Bingham, and they worked underground for four four years until they bought the little farm in uh, in Union. And then they worked that in the summers, and they worked the, they'd walk to Bingham and work uh, the mine, and, and the, then they finally bought the farm, and, and then that's where that's where we grew up. My brother and I, and uh, um, sister, and my mom and dad worked the farm every day. Well, it is a fairy tale, and uh, Saturday night you're going to be honored. Weber State's playing Southern Utah. Those are two pretty good teams in the conference this year, and it got the in-state angle, so enjoy that night. It ought to be a lot of fun, and the only thing Peaky and I couldn't figure out is what you've done in the last 10 years to get honored. seems like you should have been honored like 20 or 30 years ago, but I guess you finally cinched the deal here in the last few years. Good work. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) That's that's the... Okay, I'm not bashful, but I'm... uh, uh, you, you don't go out and try to beat your chest, okay? Uh, and it's it is a it's a neat honor, and and I I, I try to accept it for what it is. We had a great year or years at Weaver. There's no question about it. It uh, uh, I got to coach at different levels, and then when I went in the service, uh, I, I out of the coaching at Grace in a junior high I had a really I coached a really good team at uh, uh, at Barksdale Air Force Base uh, and uh, I got some experience there of older people and I think that helped me uh, moving into the junior college with the with players older than uh, uh, than the, the, the high school kids and the one thing that uh, that I'm the, probably the most proud of is that offense we developed through those years in, in into Weaver? I hadn't seen an NBA game in person, and uh, the only games that they showed on TV was Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain hmm. uh, going against each other. Philadelphia and Boston is all we could get, and uh, and so I I said I didn't know what they coached. There wasn't any film or anything, and uh, so I. We used our offense, and people asked me, well, how did, how did you move from – I said, well, I moved from junior high to high school to junior college to three-year to four-year to the 
to the pros. And I used the same offense so the, the, every step just to refine it a little bit, but it was basically the same stuff. And, uh, and I'm proud of the way it did work. And I'm really honored to, to have this uh, presentation uh, Saturday, Saturday night. Congratulations, Coach. Saturday night, 6 o'clock, D Event Center, a.k.a. the Purple Palace. SUU well, and Weber yeah, State. I'm, I'm sorry that I talked too much. I didn't hear your voices at all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. Enjoy Saturday night. Uh, bye. All right, there it is. Digmata, 90 years old. Got a lot of great stories. Oh, yeah, obviously. Got a million one-liners. Got a million one-liners. Yeah, and he was known for that as as a coach and all that stuff. He was uh, kind of biting, but, you know, I mean, it lasted 30 years in the NBA. And it's really just, I don't know what the word is, but the connection between Phil, Jerry, and then with Mata. So unusual. It's an incredible story. It really is.